And so it's Advent, that glorious season of waiting and anticipation. Waiting can be glorious or torturous, depending on what we're waiting for. Sometimes it seems like the things we most long for will never arrive. Today we're going to hear words of hope that an ancient prophet offered his people and consider what they might have to say to us today. Our text is Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 7. Listen now for the word of the Lord. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy of harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Isn't it gorgeous? This is one of those passages I feel like we should read and then just sit down and be quiet because it is so beautiful. But we are Protestants, so we are going to say something about the Bible. Advent is a season of waiting and hope. And there are all different kinds of hope. But Advent is a season of that kind of hope where you know something is coming. You know it's coming. Or at least you deeply believe it's coming. It's like waiting for summer vacation, or a birthday with anticipation, or Christmas. You can barely contain yourself. It is both bearable and unbearable. Bearable because you know the promised day is coming, but unbearable because it seems like it will never get here. Children show us this kind of hope particularly well as they celebrate half birthdays, not able to even wait a full year, so excited about growth as they start counting the days till Christmas in February. As a youth, I used to count not only the days, but the hours till my next youth retreat. This kind of hope is not an empty wishing. It is waiting with anticipation for something you trust 
really is coming. I learned this week that the Hebrew word for hope, tikva, in the noun form literally means rope or strong cord. Hope is the tether that ties us to God's presence and promise. It is not empty wishing, and it is also not assurance that what we most want will happen immediately. But it is a strong cord that ties us to promise and presence. When Joseph and I were longing for children, I hated Advent. All this talk of pregnant women and children being born seemed like taunting. In fact, I hated all the stories of barren women and miraculous children in the Bible. It seemed like all those women had been promised children. And I never felt that. Nobody ever promised me a child. And as we went through round after round of in vitro fertilization, that hope that I had begun with shriveled month by month. But then, one afternoon, standing in my kitchen by myself, the words of the fourth verse of Amazing Grace came to me. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. And that shifted my perspective. I still didn't feel that I was promised a child. That might happen. It might not. It did. But it just as easily could have not. But I had a new kind of hope that tethered me to God. That God's intention for my life, for all of our lives, is good. Good. Come what may. That was true hope I could hang on to. Hearing that word of hope made all the difference. That's a small example. Just one life. Or maybe it resonates with yours as well. But it is nothing compared to the despair that the Israelites faced. Their waiting was far worse. Their waiting endured from generation to generation. We think that Isaiah wrote these words during some of Israel's darkest days. The northern kingdom had been defeated and the Assyrians were on the warpath. It was an existential threat. And their inclination was to form an alliance with another powerful empire and fight violence with violence, meet might with might, overcome power with power. But Isaiah hears a different word. A word of putting their trust somewhere besides the ways of violence and overcoming. A word of genuine peace that drops weapons, that walks through life unarmed. 
And the promise that Isaiah hears and passes on to the people is that that day is coming. No matter how dire the situation may be. A day of peace and presence is coming. Promise is there. A strong cord for them to cling to. The word land of deep darkness is the same word that is rendered shadow of death in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Israelites were walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But up ahead was the promise that a light would break forth. We are still living in shadows. It seems that short of civil war, our country could not possibly be more divided. We are so divided that some will risk death rather than shift ideological position. We have utterly lost the ability to hear one another, much less love genuinely across difference. And migrants surge at borders around the world, hungry and unsheltered, and longing for just a bit of safety and opportunity. And of course, the seas are rising and the fires are coming and the floodwaters rise as well. And it seems, as it always seems, that the world is falling apart. We wait in shadows. But the promise is that there is a light up ahead that will break forth. We wait in shadows of death in our own lives as well. Our heels are dogged by shadow selves that never really seem to heal. Our families are sometimes riven by conflict and disagreement. Our hearts break, especially at the holidays, as those who have been there in the past are gone and there are empty seats at the table. But, says the Lord, There is a light up ahead, even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But let's be real. This promise from Isaiah did not fix things. Not in his day, not for the generation after him, and apparently not in our generation, either. So it'd be fair to ask, what is the use of a vision like this? Is it just a pipe dream, just so much pie in the sky, distracting us from the real work at hand? I don't think so. I think as wildly beyond our imaginations as it might be, we need Visions like this, not to distract us, but to motivate us, to sustain us as we do the work 
of loving and making peace and seeking justice. We need the promise of that light up ahead if we are going to walk through the valleys of our lives. Here's the promise. The shadows of death will not be overcome by violence, might, worldly power. Indeed, those implements, both in a worldly sense and in a personal sense, will be trampled and discarded, no longer needed or relevant. Those shadows in our lives will be overcome, not by that kind of might, but by a child, born like all of us in weakness and vulnerability. A child who screamed and cried and needed like each of us did and still does. A child that would grow up and rather than choose the path of violence and overcoming and worldly power would die. And in that dying, a light would break forth in the valley of deep darkness. The Lord has promised good to us. His word, our hope, secures. Amen.